Whiskey Business is brought to you by the law offices of Saya and Pyatt and by Marcus Crosswoods Theater. Either write something worth reading or do something worth writing. Benjamin Franklin. To begin, begin. William Wordsworth. Write drunk, edit sober. Ernest Hemingway. Just a few of my favorite quotes about writing and the writing life. A seemingly solitary existence where you, the writer, and a daunting blank page which once filled with one's heart and soul was then released with the hopes of being published but with those hopes the writer must now also bear the criticism of the people who will hear it read it etc etc or praise it it can go either way but there is something to be said about the accomplishment regardless of the outcome right you The writer wrote a book, or a movie, or a play, or a 30-second commercial about tampons, and you got paid. You, dear writer, are living in rare air. Welcome to Whiskey Business, a podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. I am your host, Dino Tripodis, along with my producer extraordinaire... Greg Hansberry. Do I ever say your full name? I always call you Hansberry. Do I ever say Greg Hansberry? I think maybe uh, once people or twice know, you have. People yeah. should know you have a first name. Thanks. They should know. I don't know. Hansberry is kind of a cool Han- thing. I know. It, it could be my nickname. Hansberry. <clears throat> you said, when I call you Hansberry, you know what I think of, actually? I, I think of you as like, a, a, I, I think of myself as a... Uh, as a, a British secret agent, not James Bond, like a like a Just like one, a secondary okay. secret agent, and you're like my my go-to uh, valet, Hansberry. <laughs> Why can't I be like a, another B-level secret no, no, agent no, no, with no, you? No, 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 no. Okay. No, you got you're the guy that you know. Make sure that all my shit is just like you know in order and okay. so forth and so on. You would have all the witty things to say as I go out on a on a mission, like John Cleese and uh, yes. and some of the Bond flicks. Yes, okay. yes, you would be my you would be my cue. All right. Well, and with a name like last name like Hansberry, I've gotten it my whole life. What's just Hansberry? Hansberry. Hansberry. There's not a lot. It's not like Smith. It's hands. You know it's, what I mean? It, it, it resonates. Yeah, I think it's a. It's a good people name. have called me by my last name. In fact, uh, in fact, I had your, your first name really isn't. I can uh, just drop it. It's not equal to your last name, as far oh, as the. Sorry, Greg. The, the res. Greg, Greg, Greg Hansberry. My mom calls me Gregory, ah. still to this day. Well, that's a, that's a, that sounds that's you know what Gregory Hansberry. Yes. Chip Chip Dino <laughs> Gregory Hansberry. Uh, so yes, joined by my producer, Gregory Hansberry, and uh, the guest bottle is Smooth Ambler's Contradiction, um, a 100 proof blend of straight bourbon whiskeys, weeded bourbon and, and, and high rye, which we'll get into in just a little bit, and we'll get into more of that later as we share it with our guest, who is a, he's a writer, he's a He's, if I say if I say to you, first of all, folks, 
say hello and and you know out there in 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 the wonderful world of the internet to Vitus Bards. Uh, I always say it wrong. Bars Dukas. Bars Dukas. Right. I always say Bard Dukas. Yeah, it's Bars Dukas. Bars Dukas. B A R Z. The Z is in there. Right. Just a. Fuck with people just to throw it in there. <laughs> yeah, my ancestors a long time ago they just kind of threw in the Z, just yeah, right, to throw, uh, throw people off. I, I, you're you're one of those uh, uh, friends and acquaintances that I have right now that I don't remember when we met. So I mean, that's that's a good thing. Sure, yeah, because it seems like I've known you a long time, and right. forever. So I don't remember the first time we actually co-mingled as friends and, and, and associates because we've worked together on some things. Yeah, I have snapshots of when I talk to you. I remember seeing you outside of a bar. But no. <laughs> um, well, get in line. <laughs> right. You're not the first. You yeah. won't be the last. And then with my kids, I remember seeing you at um, at a function, at a school function, where you were there, I think, for a nephew or... Oh, uh, my godson. Your godson, uh, yeah. At, at uh, OLP? Yeah, but I, but I saw you there, but I had already known you at that point, and I think I just said hi and then, but I don't remember the, f- I don't remember the first time. That's good. See, yeah. I think that's good. I think when you, you know, because it's, it's, uh, I, I think that's a good thing when you can't remember when you go uh, back. And I don't remember. We just now, just know that we've always been friends and and we like hanging out and we're hanging out tonight. And you make a living as a writer. I do. Yeah. And you've also written plays, which we're going to get into in just a little bit. So you're also a playwright. Right. Uh, a different type of writing. Right. But uh, the day in day out writing is what? So like, what what do I do for a living? Yeah, yeah. So well, as far um, as I'm concerned, you're a writer. Yeah. So I'm a writer. Yes. What you write? Tell yeah. Me. So I'm a writer. Um, my bread and butter. I guess the easiest way that I that I can describe it is that is educational publishing. Mm-hmm. So I write textbooks. Um, I write children's stories. I write um, actually anything that publishers need me to write I'll write. Um, so like right now I'm working on a Spanish two project writing about I'm not writing in Spanish, but I'm writing about El Salvador, Bolivia, and Paraguay, um, like about the culture. Um, and then I'll write plays for clients. I'll write children's stories. I'll, and when you write the stuff for the, 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 the Spanish too, so these are textbooks for what grade? Uh, this is high school. High school. Yeah. Okay. But then like my, but usually what I write is like usually middle school. Um, and then I'll write, you know, ELL stuff, which is, you know, for people who speak another language, you know, teaching English. Um, yeah, so I, I do I do it all. How long have you been working for yourself? Ten years. Ten years. Actually, eleven years now. Yeah. Before that, so I, w- I worked for McGraw Hill. Um, so you were still in the in the game. Yeah. So I worked for a publishing house, and then I was a content editor. So I was not a grammar geek. I was the guy that was um, basically in charge of what was going on in the books, like what was going in in there. And then I kept pushing for more writing responsibilities because I've been writing other stuff on the side Mm -hmm. and then um, finally got an opportunity to write a bunch of stories and but still getting paid the same amount of money as I was getting paid and then we were starting to hire freelance writers to help us out and um, my boss accidentally left an invoice of what they were paying some of these writers (laughs) and in my inbox and I saw it and then so I talked to my wife about it and um, I was in charge of the grade five reading program. That was that was my uh, that was my responsibility. So I gave my we were my wife was pregnant with our second child, and I gave my boss I don't know like three months notice before I left because we had the book was coming out. And so when I left, 
Um, I had a bunch of contacts already that my boss would appreciate the fact that I just didn't leave them in a lurch. So she sure. said, these are all the companies that we know that hire writers. And then my wife said, um, if you don't do this now, you're you're never going to do it. There, that, aren't there moments like that? Yeah. Leap it, off moments where if you don't jump now, you'll right. never jump? Because we had a second child on the way. And I think that once the child was going to be, you know, once my daughter was born, I was going to be too afraid. Because, you know, I had insurance. I had... Mm-hmm. You know, all that stuff. But I wasn't happy with the job anyway. Um, and then, so then I left and, you know, hit the hit the ground running. Well, welcome to Whiskey Business. Thank you. And uh, we were talking before this, and you said, well, what are we going to talk about? You know, you, you considered yourself, I, I, you know, uh, you actually said, oh, I'm, I'm not that exciting of a guy. Right, I'm not. Yeah, well, a matter of opinion. <laughs> sure. And I said to you. You're smart, you're creative, you're well-spoken, you're, you know, you bring a lot to the table that you probably don't realize. Do you think because, you know, do you think writing is a boring job as perceived by others? No, I think um, it's not as exciting. Like when I tell people what I do, I always try to tell them, you know, it's not as exciting as, as I make it sound. I mean, I'm in an office. I mean, I work, my office is above the garage. You know, it's a very solitary existence. And so you do agree that it is a solitary. Oh, existence. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm in there. Um, you know, I write all day long, and I mean, but what seems really exciting is, oh yeah, you can see my play. However, that was two years of me sitting, you know, in an office, you know, mm-hmm. pounding this thing out and going through revision after revision after revision, which is not very exciting. But the finished product, you know, if you see a short film that I wrote or anything like that. It's the finished product is exciting, but the short films which have won awards, which have won awards, yeah, yes, yeah. So uh, if you're not going to toot your horn, I will. <laughs> yeah, so and, yeah, and yeah so yeah, so I've, I've written a, a few films that have that have won awards, um, written stuff that got on PBS um, in Chicago and San Francisco, um, and then s- somewhere in the Asian that's, market. That's high praise right there on PBS. That's like that's like. Uh, Yes, Mr. Rogers likes that music. What I was going to compare it to is like if you're on PBS, that's like you know getting your homework assignment put on the refrigerator at home. You know, it's that's that's this is good. People, this is good stuff right here. Well, what I can say about that is that it's kind of a cool calling card. That Mm -hmm. once you get something like that, that you go because I did that when I was living in Chicago, and then just moving to Columbus, and you can kind of say, hey, I had this done, and then people kind of take you a little bit more seriously because you've got something under your belt. So you have a good reputation out there. Uh, for, what, for what you do and how you do it. Well, I think in certain circles, reputation's everything. Like with what I do in educational publishing, and um, you're never going to starve. Well, I go through dry periods. Do uh, you? Yeah. Um, so in 11 years, I've had maybe two dry periods. But when I say dry periods, I haven't been working for like maybe a month. Or the the job that I get doesn't pay very much, but I'll take it. Actually, I never say no to a project anyway. But. Um, but there, there are periods, but that's like a cyclical thing in educational publishing where they'll have, they're just not publishing anything and they don't need writers. When you say you never say no to a project, how do you approach writing something that your heart's not really in? It's a job. It's a job. Uh, yeah. You look I, at it, so you have, a, do you, so, you have so, to actually switch thought processes? Like, okay, this isn't for Vitus, this is, this is to put food on the table. Well, yeah, and my entire approach for writing was, is, is, um, you know, this is not my quote. Um, I think it was Chuck Close, who is an, an artist, and he said that inspiration is for amateurs. The rest of us just grab our lunch pails and get to work. And that's exactly how I feel about, about actually art in general, is um, I was, 
this is a little quick story. So at the Ohioana Book Festival downtown, I was a guest there for um, for my play, and they had me be on a panel discussion about the artistic life. And there were three other ah, the artistic life. So yeah, so there were there were four of us there, and three of the writers that were there were all they, they were either teachers, they had a profession, and they had also done books. And I was the only one there that made a. a a living 100% from as a writer. And so they're going down but like about inspiration and you know and some of the answers were more you know not like oh when I'm in the garden you know I'm <laughs> and I'm, and I'm sipping my chamomile tea. It's it's not like it wasn't like that but when it got to me I was like the Debbie Downer. I was like eh, it doesn't really work like that. I said I get an assignment and my the client does not care whether I'm inspired or not. It's due Tuesday morning. Right. You know, so I literally got to sit down whether I'm feeling it or not. And I've got to pound out this thing on, for example, El Salvador, you know, and, um, and if I do a bad job, there's a lot of pressure because if I do a bad job, it's possible that the client won't hire me again. They'll go to the next person. So it's this constant, I've got to do a great job. Um, so there has to be a level of, uh, for lack of a better word, pride in what you do. I mean, you got You've got to. You've, you've got to do a good job. And you, yeah, you've yeah. got to step back from your El Salvador project. And go. You know what? That's pretty damn good. Yeah, there there are a few things that I've seen in prints that I look at and that I'm really proud of. Um, you know, because sometimes if I write a story for children and I then the client will actually send it to me with all the art and all that stuff, and it's yeah. And I have to admit, it's. I feel really good when about it. When you say it. you write a story for children, are you talking about actual children's books that I could go like, like a reader, like you know, if your if your kids go to school and they're and they're reading like they have a student edition with all the stories right, right, and everything. Right. So I will write a lot of those stories under my name and under my pen names. Oh, pen names. Yeah. Oh, the pen names. So I am um, Juan Carlos Martinez. That's uh, one of them. Um, <laughs> Phil Moskowitz is another Phil one. Mos- okay. Did you know where that one's from? No. That's from uh, What's Up, Tiger Lily, the Woody Allen film. That oh, he... yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, the, so the hero's name is Phil Moskowitz. So that's one of my pen names. Um, N- Nigel, was it Nigel? Nigel, Nigel St. John the Fourth. Oh, um, I'm sorry, Hansberry, you just lost your valet job. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's my that's my new secret agent valet right there. Yeah, so I don't I don't want to give the secrets of the, the secrets of the of the trade away, but um, sometimes what will happen is they they don't want every story to be written by the same guy, or it cannot appear that way. So I will write everything from a play to an article about ocean currents uh-huh. to what you know whatever the topic is and it'll be under different names but i would be the guy that wrote a lot of them what's the first thing you wrote as a young man even as a child even that you were proud of well when i was a kid um i would watch movies like sinbad and the Seven Seas. I love you know, that the, one, yeah. The, the Richard, oh, it's a Harry, Harry uh, uh, Ray, Ray, Ray. Um, Harryhausen? Harryhausen. Yeah. I, I don't know if we're saying that right, but yeah. there's a movie geek out there that's just, you know, cringing right now <laughs> right, out as hair. we speak. But you know what we're talking about. So I would watch a lot of those movies on Saturday afternoon, and I would grab um, my dad's typewriter, and I would write little stories. And the stories were maybe like a paragraph long. And mm-hmm. um, so I did a lot of writing that way and you're going to laugh no, and, not. and maybe I'm going to get all the geeks here but Dungeons and Dragons was actually a huge part of my cre- Dungeons and Dragons and comic books were really huge because I would write adventures for my friends mm-hmm. and so and the way that 
you know, Dungeons and Dragons works is that, you know, if I was writing these stories then the, the players add to the story, add to the characters, add to the world. And so it's this organic, you know, creation of, of you know, of making a story. And <clears throat> so that's where, as you know, as a young kid, I was making up a lot of stories, you know, for friends. And then, you know, got more serious, wrote a novel. Um, really? Yeah. When was your, well, how old were you when you wrote your first novel? I started... I was in college, and I finished it when I was 25, and it's sitting in a, um, sitting on my shelf in my office. Uh-huh. I pulled it out recently, um, and some of it was actually pretty good, but I don't think I'm going to do anything with it. What? I have one upstairs. I have a detective novel. Sure. Same thing. It's been sitting up there. I, I started it in the, uh, in the 90s. Yeah, and rewrote it about seven different times. So for me, um, the re- and, I, and I and I hate it. Well, mine is a little bit different. This is kind of going into something else. But when I wrote my novel, um, I was kind of in a bad period of life. Okay, and so what was going on? Well, I was single, lonely, <clears throat> um, hated my job. I was living in Chicago and not really going anywhere in life. Um, so like 75% of the world. Right, 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 right. <laughs> Which I think what a lot of people, like all my friends were getting married. I had just got out of a five-year relationship or something, you know, something okay. like that. I got you. And so when, and now I feel as a writer, I'm more polished. I'm more, um, you know, I've got my voice. I've got, you know, all those things. I've always been disciplined as a writer. Um, anyway, so I pulled out the novel and started reading it. And honestly, all that I, all that came up was the loneliness the like all of these bad feelings came with it and it felt like I had opened up like a cursed book like oh yeah you know I was afraid all these spirits were gonna fly out uh-huh. of it and I was like you know what I really don't want to like I've been thinking about this novel every day like literally every day since I finished it and as soon as I opened it I said okay now I'm gonna start working on it and I don't think I'll I ever could but you keep it but I keep it yeah why it's a symbol for me of I spent I think I became a writer um, everything I don't know how to put this I think everything that I learned about being a writer I learned th- through that project which was self-discipline mm-hmm. um, you know I, I wrote a lot I mean it's it's really long so I you know it's organization my voice like all of these things um, and those were some of the happiest periods of my life because um, I loved my characters. I loved the story that I was telling. I just love kind of going back into that world that I had created. And this is in the novel. This is the novel that you think is not good enough. Well, no, no, it's not that. It's the all of the feelings that it, that come with that that novel of where I was in my life. This is completely. I know no, it's interesting. Not. No, because I keep going. I got a follow up question for yeah, you. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So it so it became a like. Um, I was in a really bad mindset, I guess, when I wrote it. And then by opening it back up, I kind of was immediately put back in that mindset. And I'm in a good place now, mm-hmm. you know, and I was afraid I was going to, you know, that's you're afraid that's, the curse of the novel was going to come and the, that stuff was going to come at you as dumb as it sounds. No, it doesn't sound you know, that a dumb. little bit. And I'm like, you know what? I've got so many other projects, you know, so many things lined up that I'm working on at the time you were writing that novel, though, yeah. and getting all that. Right, and obviously a part of you is in that book. Sure, I, I think uh, that might be the case with a lot of first novels. You know, mm-hmm. uh, we we write what you know, and and you know, you're you're writing about you. Sure, 
fictitiously speaking. So at the time, though, when you were writing it, did you think that maybe the story I'm telling might benefit someone else? Someone else might be able to relate to this? No, it was a fantasy novel. It was a fantasy uh, yeah, novel. yeah. So, so, and it had a lot of classic um, motifs in there. I mean, it was a coming-of-age story. It was, you know, what you'd find in a lot of, like, fantasy books. So in, in that respect, yeah, there was something that people could get out of it. But, but here's another thing is that um, I was young when I wrote it. And I remember, remember my brother telling me, he's like, you know, what do you know about life? Okay, and, you know, who are you, who are you to write a novel, you know? And part of that stuck with me uh-huh. because I thought, you know, I'm just telling a – I'm spinning a yarn. I'm telling a story. I'm not saying anything deep. Like now, as you know, I'm in my 40s. I, can, I feel like, okay, I have something to say maybe. Well, actually, I don't think I have anything to say. But, um, but back then, it was kind of, you know, that, that comment kind of knocked the, you know, my legs out from under me. And so I kind of also – thought oh as I'm older maybe I can come back and there's I can say more you know with you know with thematically or or something do you have a thick skin um yes and no I've been fired from two projects in my life and the second one I was I was put in a spot where I where I could not succeed you know it's it's a long story but um and when I basically quit right before they could fire me, mm-hmm. um, and nah, 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 nah. yeah, yeah, and, <laughs> and but that took that took a lot of confidence out of me. Yeah. But then, but then, what's funny is that a month later, I'll get an email from a client. It's like, hey, this is just fantastic. So it's it's being a writer. You, you know, you don't believe you know don't believe your own press. You know, right. so you, right. I get some really nice remarks from clients. You know, and sometimes I'm really proud of some of the assignments, like oh, what I did with these things. And then other times where people are like, "This is absolutely terrible. Like, this is your first time writing." You know, you know, and you get mm-hmm. like this one project that I had was a constant kick in the nuts. Are you allowed to swear in this? You can say, okay, yeah. 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 Um, so it was, a, it was a constant. I believe I said fuck and shit. So <laughs> okay. I think hitting the nuts is okay. <laughs> okay. Right. So where I, I was constantly, um, it was just a constant kick in the nuts through the entire project, and you know. Yeah, it was just a, a really shitty project. All right, let's let's talk about one of your more recent successes. Let's talk about the play. Okay. Let's talk about the tell us about the play. So, um I wrote Captain or I adapted Captain Blood the novel um for the stage. One of my favorite Errol Flynn movies. Um yeah, so I it's not the film. I, I know. yeah, so I adapted um the book by Raphael Sabatini. Um do you know the whole story behind it? Or? Yeah, okay. Go. So as you know, I'm a writer for a web series, sci-fi web series called Eight and Five. Ah, really? Yes. Eight and Five, you say? <laughs> yes. And so, uh, one of the villains um, in Eight and Five, his his name was John Kuhn. He has since passed away, but um, he was the artistic director for Actors Theater, mm-hmm. um, and they do Shakespeare in the Park. And so, I was talking to John, and I, in a lot of the opportunities I've had, it's literally me just kind of asking questions. It's a lot of me going, "Hey, do you need somebody to?" blah 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 so I said do you ever accept plays from local playwrights and he said well yes we do and so we started communicating and the last thing that I wrote for the stage was in college and so I we got together I said we're throwing because they do Shakespeare in the Park but um, adaptations of classical works but the classical work has to be public domain okay so we focused on Captain Blood I wrote my first draft submitted it 
And we had a read through with the actors, and it was the longest three and a half hours of my life. Um, it was like you know where I just kind of wanted to say, just stand up and say, "Stop! This is <laughs> like <laughs> this is awful." Um, what was I thinking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was it was meandering. It was it was. I think it was like three and a half hours long. I mean, it was it was terrible. And so. Um, we met, we would meet for coffee. And I remember the first time we met, he was giving me these notes. And, and a lot of the notes that he gave me were, you know, you got to kill your babies sometimes. Like, sure. even if you love a scene, it's got to go. And I remember the first meeting was maybe, four, I don't know, three hours long, three and a half hours long. And I said, oh, are we done? And he said, oh, no. <laughs> and so we met, I don't know how many times we met. And it was just, you know, tightening the, you know, after, you know first it was the big picture stuff. And then it was tightening the screws um, I've never had a writing mentor. I don't even think I ever took a writing class, but I never had a writing mentor. And John became my writing mentor for this project. Cool. Um, and taught me kind of like how to just kind of see things in a different way because I've written film scripts, but you know, in theater, you can you know you have a size. You have you know where the guy has a has a you know monologue, but he's talking about a theme. What is love? You know things like that that right. you don't do in a film. And so. Um, I submitted it, and then it opened up the season, uh, 2015, of Actors Theater, and um, it, what was pretty amazing was actually having that moment where after opening night, we all went to a bar, and we're waiting for the newspaper to come out for the review, and we're you know, just sitting there, and I'm drinking, yeah. you know, of course, and... Um, and waiting for the review and everyone's checking their phones like every five minutes and then finally the review comes out and it was a positive review and um yeah then it was voted one of the best plays of the year by the at the dispatch and so yeah i got really lucky i mean it was a really great cast it was i mean i was guided the right way and um yeah so so you you do the play it's a success here in columbus right and that could have been it, the end right but what happened? So then after that, I got in touch with a um, professor, a, a theater professor of mine from college. And he had published some plays. And I said, hey, Nick, you know, what, 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 what happens now? And so he said, um, I'm going to hook you up with my publisher and that you can submit the play. And we'll just see what happens. And so I, so basically he introduced us you know, via email with the, pub, with the publisher. And so I submitted the play. And then... Um, I think it was the day before Thanksgiving. I got a email that they said we're going to publish, you know, your play. And then, so then what happens? It says part of their catalog, and then anybody out there can get get they get the rights, and then they perform it anywhere. They can do it anywhere, right? It could be a high school play. It could be a, a community theater. Community it could theater, be a college, whatever. whatever. And then, so then I found out that because I, you know, that a theater in in or a college in Chicago was doing it. And so they were performing for two weeks. They put out a study guide, you know, for my work, mm -hmm. and then they were having a Q and A for the cast and crew. So, the first week, I went there with my family, with my wife and kids, and, um, you know, when they did it here in Columbus, it was you know, older actors. So the fifty-year-old, you know, character was played by a fifty-year-old guy. Right. You know, going to see it in Chicago, it was college kids, and you know, I was in, I was a, you know, I was an actor in college, you know, and so. I kind of forgot the fact that it's like an 18-year-old kid, you know, with a wig on, you know, playing an old guy. You know, you know what I mean? And yeah. so so I had to get used to that. Um, anyway, so I went back the second week to see it. And the during the Q&A, so I kind of just sat there and listened to these people ask questions, you know, whatever. And I didn't tell them that I was coming because 
you know, it was for the college kids. It was for, you know, the cast and crew. It had nothing to do with me anymore. Because once you publish these things, it's no longer your work. I mean, that's the thing that I think that playwrights have kind of have to get used to is oh. that if they get it, they, they can set an outer space if they want. I mean, whatever. They, it's no longer mine. Really? Oh, yeah. So um, as, far, that's, as far as I understand how it works, yeah. So they, because you can interpret it however they want. So, and my job as a writer to, is to write it so there's, it's my interpretation, but if you decide to direct it, you can, you know, you've got to use my, my dialogue. You've got right. to do all, use those characters. You can't alter the script in any way, but you can't, you know, legally you can't, but you can. It could, it could be Captain Blood in, in space. In space, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, seriously, we're an all-female cast, or it could be, you know, whatever. Anyway, so they, so I heard them talking about it, and then afterwards I came up to the director and I said hi I'm and she said are you know are you who I think you are because my picture was everywhere and I said hi I'm Vitas you know nice to meet you You guys did a great job you know blah 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 and I'm just gonna leave you know I just want to say that she said well I think you know the cast and crew would love to meet you and I said nah I don't think so you know I'm a nobody you know it's not like I'm anybody important and she said um and I really think they'd, they'd love it. So the cast and crew came out, and they were, you know, college kids. And I spent the next 20 minutes, like, signing autographs. Cool. And, yeah, no, it was cool. But I kept telling them, like, guys, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a nobody. I'm, you know, but... But, then but that's I, not true. I no, mean, no, but I remember being a 20-year-old kid and seeing, like, a 45-year-old. And they knew everything. You know, yeah. they were this whatever. And then now being... A 45-year-old, you know. You realize, uh, hey, kids. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. We don't, we don't know shit. <laughs> right, right, right. We're just older. Yeah, right, right. But then some of them wanted to you know, ask me questions about writing. They wanted to do all this stuff. And then, um, so it was great. And then I floated back to the hotel bar and, you know, got a little trashed. And so it was it was an amazing experience. But then that's pretty much all that's happened with it so far. So I've, you know, I check every so often to see if it's being performed somewhere. And, um you get paid for that, right? I get paid for every performance, and then for yeah. every script that they buy, and um, so if so every so often I'll get a not like a residual check. a residual check, but it's you know it's a, it's a play. It's you don't get all that much because nobody really buys plays to read. It's not a, no. I mean seriously, like you, like you know, honestly, nobody does. I mean, I try to get it to the library, uh-huh. you know, because I'm just you know maybe somebody will sure. read it, and the library basically told me that they said nobody nobody picks up you know plays just to read them oh, you know wow. so i must have been a real geek because I, I used to go to the library so did i yeah i used to pick up neil simon plays oh yeah absolutely same all here. the time yeah and and and, and read them and yeah i used I to read them because we didn't have a, a theater program in high school they, okay. they stopped it when i was a freshman they they lost their funding so we didn't have any theater so i i still read plays sure just, since i wasn't gonna be able to do any of them i did i did uh, neil simon when i was in high well, school you mentioned that you were you were an actor yeah in college in high school yeah high school and college yeah. and did did you want to be an actor before you wanted to be a writer or were you was the was the goal to be an actor writer director no. i mean you know well this is what's kind of be fun. the triple threat no no actually i really i enjoy, always enjoyed writing but i really wanted to be an actor and so this is kind of what's funny about life is that um i when i was younger i always had to be in the spotlight like if the play, if I was not the lead, something was wrong with the play. You know, it's like that type of thing. This is the way you thought. Yeah, but but you know, my confidence was was you know pretty high as an actor. I don't think it was very good. And but, did you like being in the spotlight? Oh uh, yeah, growing up. Oh, oh see, yeah. God, I hated it. No, yeah, no, I, <laughs> uh, dude, dude, I, I actually because I did a Neil Simon comedy, my first one. I always wanted to act. And what, so, what was the Neil Simon play? So the first one I did was God's Favorite. Uh huh. And so. 
I was the guy telling like most of the jokes. And so when I walked out and I told the joke and the whole you know audience laughed. erupting with laughter. Yeah, and it's like, it's me. You know, they're laughing at me. So it was a drug. And I remember walking out and all these people were there. Like, you're so funny. And that's the thing that I realized. It's like, you know, well, I'll get into this later. But even though I was not the one who wrote the jokes, uh-huh. I said the jokes. Everyone's like, you're so funny. You know, it, it has to do with timing. But um, sure. anyway, so... I did did a lot of plays in college. I did Fools by Neil Simon, um, and then went to. Be, I was a theater major in college, and then um, ran into actors who were really, really good, and realized I really wasn't that great of an actor. Um, and then, um, do you think there's a perfect role out there for you still? No, no. I mean, you no. Get, I mean is, is it not still in the back of your mind? No, no. But it's also to do something. No, but it's also like, well, I was doing it, and then I did my first. I did want my first and only um, show after college, and we in Chicago, and we got killed by the paper. I mean, it was like the worst review that you could possibly get, and I remember walking out. So I was the guy that almost had I was ready to throw up before going up on stage. We reached the point, it was a six-week run or something like that, where there would be two people in the crowd. So I would come out to do my monologue. I'm on stage right. You know, the two people are sitting on stage left, you know, and I have to turn, like, you know, a certain way to talk to them, even though the lighting is all off. And so... When there's two people in the audience, don't you... Wasn't there a party like... Can we just give you your money well, back? Right. Well, they did that. I think they did that after a while. They're like, no one's showing up. Just go home. And so... Um, but it was my first like experience of being like you know an actor. Sure. And, um, but then I realized I didn't really want to do it. But then I did a f- the film that I talked about that, that got on PBS. I wrote it, co-wrote it, acted in it, and co-produced it. And so I was able to write something that I acted in, and that was the first time that I was in a crowd in a theater, and I wrote a joke. And the whole audience laughed, and that's a completely different feeling than uh, being an actor saying right. a joke. Sure, um, sure. That's, that's why I was like, hey, this is actually kind of cool. Were your parents uh, creative people? Well, my mom was, she was, like, in a fashion, so she, she was an artist, so she's, she's still a great artist. Uh-huh. Um, my father, you know, he sang, you know, he did things like that, but when I would ask my father, you know, about these types of things, like, are you interested? But they were like, they came to this country in 1949. It was a lot of trying to keep food on the table, get a job, sure, you know, provide for the family. So, um, so my mom was creative. I think my father, you know, he was a pretty good artist, if I remember correctly. Like, he would help me with crafts. Like, if I was building something as boys do, like, you know, he would help me build stuff. Um, were they encouraging? Yeah, yeah. Well, they said you need to get when I was a. Th- so I was a theater major in college, mm-hmm. and my parents said you need a double major, you need a backup, and so I chose philosophy. And my parents, <laughs> and my parents said yeah. it's not exactly you know what we were thinking about. It's not, that's, that's not, not the backup we had in mind. No, no, no. And so I'm lucky to have a job at this point um, to be employed. But um, I want to open up a philosophy office. <laughs> right, 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 right. right, right. You know, so, be... so they, so they, they, they were, they were supportive. They were. Um, I think I didn't. You know, they would come to all my shows, uh-huh. but I didn't share a lot of things with them. Because I remember the, the the film that I did that got on sh- to Chicago, we, you know, we had, that got on PBS, we had no 
Like we made it for a film festival in Chicago. Uh-huh. We had no illusions it was going to go anywhere after this. So when PBS contacted us, the letter said something like, you know, we want to put this on. Unfortunately, you've got 15 fucks in 14 minutes. So you're going to have to bleep this thing. And so I remember showing it to my mom. And my mom was like, now your grandmother can't watch this. Now, you know, it's because of, you know, the language and, you know, all this stuff. Um, and so, you know, I, they were supportive. They, you know, they would come to my shows. Um, but my writing, I never really shared it with them. Why? Um... Well, I, no, I, I can tell. I can tell you why. I don't. I don't share a lot of things with my family because uh, one, I I sometimes think they don't care. Yeah, I think I think that that's that's part of it. Right. And 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 two, sometimes I I think that if uh, if they it shouldn't. But if they don't like it, or if they don't have something positive to say about it, or if they get just an obligatory, well, that was nice, honey. Sure. You know, that's that's going to upset me. I don't know why. Is it? You think maybe? You think maybe it's the if we the fear of not getting their approval. So if we never if we never subject them to it, we don't have to worry about I it. I think it's part of it. I also have a very critical mother. Um, <laughs> you, you know, your mom's Lithuanian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, mine's Greek, so yeah. And, and, and so it, it became a, um, as you know, when you talk about thick skin, it's I think you know certain people in your life have that one arrow that can go straight through all that armor that you have, right? And you know, and, and get you right there. And so part of it was maybe like you know I'm, I don't want to get the critical comments, so um, I want honest comments. Mm-hmm. You know, I want. You know, I've got certain people in my life that I rely on for for certain comments, but um, you know, with my family, I don't. You know, with my parents, I didn't really share a lot. You're married to a, a, a lovely lady, your wife Tracy. Mm-hmm. Is she uh, is she a good critic of your work? Do you, do you, yeah, do she's you, she's very honest with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's will she um, tell you something sucks if she, if she thinks it sucks? Yeah. Or does she have a nicer way of saying it? No, no. Well, yeah. She, no, she's she's good with her comments. She's um, She's not ultra critical. She's very honest, and she makes, you know, my work better. Um, That's awesome. I mean, that you have a partner like that that can, that can bring that to the table. Yeah, it's um, so yeah. So I, she's she's somebody. She'll edit my work. I mean, when it comes to, like professionally, she edits everything that I put out there. And so I think the reason why I might have a good reputation with people is because it's already gone through an editor. And so when I submit it, they're like, wow, this is error-free. It's like, well, it's because, you know... Is that what she does? That's what she does. So we've got our business together. And so Uh she's the editor, I'm the writer. And so usually we know we never work on the same projects. But but everything that I write, I give to her. She will fix it, offer suggestions, whatever, and then I submit it. Does she write? She has. Um, She does not enjoy it. It's exhausting for her. She says, I don't know how you can do this um, because... You know, it's, I think, you know, I've been doing this for so long, right. you know, that I don't think twice about it. I mean, th- writing is very hard for me. It's very hard. And it's a hard job sometimes. Like, what I'm working on now takes a lot of mental stamina. And, you know, it's just some things, not, not like everything's easy. How do you shift gears? How do you shift gears from writing something that's hard and technical or, you know, that, that's, that's a job? And then... Okay, now I got to work on the the next play. You know, something for you. Um, honestly, does you know, it does I, it happen? No, honestly, it's it's so much like it's it's a job. So I sit down. All and, of it. 
either 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 end of it the creative just for vitus i want to work on my next play and the the technical i mean i, I guess what i'm asking is is like okay uh and i i'm gonna keep going back to el salvador because that's yeah, yeah, the sure, yeah, thing yeah, you're yeah. working on you know uh, i'm done with that for today now aha i get to work on the play isn't there a new sense of energy a new a new something or another that that you know now i get to do something that i want to do not that i have to do no yes yes um but the the nice thing about having deadlines from a client is that there's the excitement of the hunt like or it's like you're on stage like you've mm -hmm. got to perform right so there's that excitement of it's due tomorrow morning and i've got to this i've got to get it right when the the problem that I run into sometimes, if it's my own projects, is yeah, you know, if I don't if I don't get around to it, you know, yeah. it'll still be there on Wednesday, right. you know, and there's nobody breathing down your neck to get it done, right? But what I do is I give myself not not, not kind of deadlines, or I talk to, like I'll talk to you, hey, do you know, do you want to work on this? Mm -hmm. That automatically gets it in the in the book, so that I I don't want to let anybody down. You know, You're very good about that. I want to be responsible. You're very good about that. You know, I want to do all of these things because I don't want I don't want to be the guy in the project that lets everybody down. Mm -hmm. So, um, but I have to say, like, you know, I want to work on my next play, but there's really no, you know, I've got my second one maybe coming up next year, but for my third one, I'm kind of in this like, yeah, if I get around to it, you know. Um, because also, because of what I do for a living, a lot of it, honestly, I think of paychecks. I got to pay for the mortgage. I got to pay for the electric. So you mentioned the second one is done. You're working on a third one to to. Well, let me get the ideas. I'm still well to steal a quote from from Hamlet. The play is the thing. Is it for you? Is that was that is that where you th seem to be uh, focusing most of your creative energies on on plays? Um. Yeah. Is I, the play the thing? Well, yeah. The, 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 what I enjoy about. So being a writer it, in different fields, you've got different powers. Mm -hmm. So if I'm, a, you know, for screenplays, if I've written stuff that, you know, for film, the director and the producer will change it because that's how it works. Um, stuff that I've written, you know, I've got three books out there, like history books, and I read them and I'm like, okay, I didn't write that. That's a bad sentence. I did not write, you know, or, you know, or they edit, or that's a great sentence. I didn't write it, you know, because the editor will rewrite certain things. From and what I've been told is that if you want absolute power as as a writer, where they won't change anything, you become either a playwright or a poet. And so the nice thing about being a playwright is, or you know, I would go to the rehearsals and sit in the rehearsals, and they would come to me and say, "Hey, do you mind if we change? Or this is confusing? Or you know, this is kind of a mouthful. Can we change it to this?" And so they would ask for my permission. You know, to change certain things, and and yeah, and I would give. You know, usually, yeah, I'm very. My ego with this stuff is is not very big. Um, so if they've got great ideas, like yeah, let's let's use it. Um, but and usually it was better. You know, honestly, I don't know mm -hmm. everything about writing. I don't know everything about story. I'm still in the process of, even though I do it for a living, I'm still in the process of learning about story. I think I think that's kind of a remarkable thing about writing because as we get older, I mean, we we keep adding layers. Uh, to our lives and and to our craft, so I I do think that's 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 something that you know you see some of these writers who continue to write into their seventies and eighties and 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 then some of their best work, you know even though even though this was remarkable what they wrote in their forties, some of their even more remarkable work is even uh, later. In oh, life. absolutely, and and I think for me, 
you know, talking about the craft of writing, um, mm-hmm. I, I think it took me a while to understand. Like, I did a lot of things on gut. Like, you know, you'd watch a movie. You know, I think we all, everybody has this creative, we're storytellers as human beings. You know, we tell stories. Stories have a beginning, middle, and end. We, you know, you, you tell a story about when you went to the bar. It's got a beginning, middle, you know, sure. it's got the climax, and it's got the resolution. Boom. And But for me as a writer, I had to learn about the whole thing about writing is a craft, just like painting, just like sculpting, just like anything else, it's a craft. And I think I realized that later in life that I have to get better, not just from like everything from sentence structure, but storytelling, um, you know, storytelling to, um, you know, just, I guess, just the general craft. Mm-hmm. So... And I and I don't feel like I'm even close to understanding it. Are your kids creative? Yeah. So so you've passed it along. Well, kind of. They're we're pushing them into music. Um, so I've got one. My oldest plays oboe, <laughs> and she plays for the Columbus Symphony uh, Cadet Orchestra. Wow. And then the second one made it to the Columbus Symphony for Strings Orchestra for uh, wow. cello. But we're very much the you know sit your ass in the chair and practice. Um, I don't care if you're tired. Do they know it? Uh, are they aware what what mom and dad do? Yeah. And do they do they do they do they think you have real? Do they think you, that you have real jobs? No, 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 no. They do. They do. <laughs> and what's kind of no, but what's kind of cool is that they will come to these things. They'll come see my plays. They will see the films. They you know they've acted in films. You know they've done all this stuff. Um, whether they get it or not, like I don't know. I don't know. If, I think it's going to happen when I'm dead. That I think they're going to be like, hey, you know, our dad, you know, he was not a, ba- you know, he's kind of a cool guy. Because I think now I'm still like, oh, it's just dad. Yeah. You know, um, but it's kind of cool, like, you know, being in a theater, like, we saw, when we saw Aiden Five last weekend, mm-hmm. or, you know, last week, um, every time my name appeared, the girls, like, perked up in the theater and looked at me and, yeah, they're like, hey, that's you. Like, look that's at that. Right, yeah, right, there's daddy's name. Yeah, there's dad's yeah. name. And so... That was kind of a cool... Which, cool. on a side note, I do want to tell people who are listening, we've mentioned 8 and 5 a couple of times. Um, Vitus was uh, the main writer on that, you well, know, the, along with some other people. Yeah, well, the first... But, yeah, well, there were, there were other writers. Other writers, saying, yeah. but you were in it start to finish. Yeah, so the first season I was the, the head writer, and then the second season, two of us shared writing duties. Yeah. Eight and Five is a uh, is a web series set in the not-too-distant future. Right. It deals with uh, cloning. So it's, and... about, it's about a detective who's trying to figure out um, the, the serial killing of his own clones. Right. And so we've done two seasons, season one, season two. Season one... Won a few awards. We got tweeted. William Shatner tweeted about us. Yeah, it's it's a it's a remarkable piece of work because it's all shot on green screen, right? And and, and all the backgrounds are all hand drawn, hand drawn, right. uh, painstakingly hand drawn, and it's 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 exciting. It's 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 riveting. It's 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 funny at times. It's uh, it's it's got a lot going for it. So, uh, and you're in it. I have a small part in it. Yeah, but you can check it out. Eight and five dot com. Right. You can go right to it. And binge watch whatever the case might be. I hope that that finds a home uh, someplace other than the web. I would love to see it, you know, be available for for streaming on Amazon or Netflix or something like that. Yeah. Maybe. So I think, because it played really well on the big screen. No. Yeah, it did. Um, I think with the web series, I think the, you know when people talk about a web series, I don't, 
I think it might be the episodes. I think a lot of people are just kind of turned off by it. Um, I don't know if it's I don't I don't know if it's maybe the quality overall is not the best. I think that we do put out a really good product. I, I, I you know when you mentioned the quality, like I said, it looked good on the big it and played. the story was good. The story acting was, was good. good. Yeah, everything you know. was good about it. Yeah. Uh, com people. Let me ask you about. Uh, let me come back to our guest bottle. You're finally. You're finally pouring another sip of it. What do you think of it? Do I actually you, like it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Did you? Uh, are you a big bourbon drinker? Or are you? Are you um, uh, I, I drink a, a Maker's Mark, um, Woodward Reserve, Wood, Woodford, Woodford Reserve, Woodford and then, Reserve. Um, yeah. Knob Creek. I'll drink that. Yeah. And then, so, um, those are all good bourbons. So those are the three, my three main ones. You can't go wrong with any of those. Any of those. This one, like I mentioned before. Is a 27% weeded bourbon, uh, two-year-old weeded bourbon, and a nine-year-old uh, rye. It's got a high rye content of 73% um, and 100% proof all in all. Um, it, it gets it. I, I love Smooth Ambler's products, and this one is. It's interesting that it's called Contradiction because it's it's a, it at times some people have said it's it's a bit of a contradiction how it smells and then how it finishes before it's all said and done, but. Um, it ranges between fifty and sixty bucks a bottle. I don't know if I would uh, spend that much for it again. As a matter of fact, I got this bottle in the UK because it wasn't. I, I couldn't find it here in the states. Okay. So, so I had to pay even more to get it because I wanted to try it. Right. But um, yeah, it's 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 good. It's not as as good as some of the other stuff I think that they put out that I like. Old Scout, uh, uh, nine year and, and seven year, which they don't make anymore. I don't think. But I, it's it's good. It's good. It's good for today. So I'm I'm glad you're enjoying. I am enjoying it. The uh, the bourbons and whatnot. One more question for you. I want to go back to something you said earlier. Uh, you say you never say no mm-hmm. to a project. Right. So Vitus, if they come to you and say we'd like you to write a porn. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I mean how, much is, how much does it pay? I mean, um, <laughs> what pen name would you use? <laughs> right, right, yeah. And would you come up with a yeah, new I, one? I would probably come up with a, maybe, maybe Dino Tripolis. <laughs> maybe that would be the one. Um, we want you to write a porn, but here's the thing: we want it to be funny. Sure. I, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, honestly, I, I one thing that I have to get across is that it's you know when I'm, I'm when I say I'm a writer, uh-huh. you know, I'm a gun for hire. Right. Like that's I think people need to understand that where I wish I was the guy like I've met people where all they do is write novels and they're on the bestseller list. I know those people. I'm friends with them. That's not me. Yeah. I'm the guy that I've got to pay for the you know the gas bills right. there and I got to write something. And but in the know. back of your mind, isn't that isn't isn't that is is that ultimately the goal? I well, mean, so don't you want? Wouldn't you want to write that? That play that goes on Broadway that well, somebody, wins well, somebody, a Tony. Well, well, honestly, that, somebody asked me that recently. They said, "Well, what do you want to do?" Yeah, and I said, "You know, my job right now, honestly, like Monday, I'm writing about this. Tuesday, I'm writing about that. Wednesday, I got to research this. You know, I got to re- research, you know, Athenian government. You know, whatever. And that's stuff that. I, what that's one thing that I love about my job as a freelancer is that whatever project I get. You know, there's certain things that are out of my wheelhouse. Like I can't write like marketing materials. Like I'm just not. I don't. I don't know how to do that. Um, but there are a lot of topics out there. I'm like, yeah, I think I can write about that. And I enjoy learning about it. I enjoy writing about it. I enjoy seeing it in print. Um, so I don't know if there's one thing like I just want to be a screenwriter or Could I you- just want to be a playwright. Because if I'm just writing plays, 
I don't know if life would get boring. Could you have been a copywriter? Could you be a could, could you have been a, a a madman? No, I don't think so. I submitted something for for a job once and um, of a commercial, uh-huh. like just trying to get. Because you know, I think for a freelance writer, you always have to be swimming. Sure, that's the one thing is that you don't stop. So you're like you know, the idea of vacation doesn't exist because I'm always going for that next job. So I had family that worked for an ad, you know, agency submitted some samples and they came back bloody like because i have no training in it i just was just trying you know um so but there are certain things that yeah i would love to you know write more of but i honestly and really enjoy what i do is just kind of being a prolific you know not prolific but no you know, prolific jack, being a jack of all trades no, as that, a writer no prolific is a good word i mean you've got it <laughs> you're making a face like no, uh, like you don't want it you don't want that associated with i don't you. want that associated you, with you well but but Facts are facts. You're cranking it out every day. That's that's prolific. Yeah, because I just had to pay the bills. Yeah. Yeah. But okay, you can rationalize it any way you want. <laughs> but you're you're prolific. I think that's great. Sure. What was the name of the novel? Um, the one that I wrote when I was uh-huh. in my twenties. Actually, it never had a title. Oh it, come no, on! No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was going to ask you earlier no, I don't because I wanted to know. I want to save it. No. And how did how does it not have a title? Because um. I'm really bad with titles, honest, honest to God. I'm so bad with titles, and I usually leave it to the end because the, what I try to do is that if there's a line in there uh-huh. or a theme right. or something that's in there that I can take, like, you know, just massage out of the story to be my title. And so I was waiting for that when I was done, and there was nothing there <laughs> that was... Dude, it's, it's so... It's one of those things that I think it's... Like, I would love to put it out in the world, but I think it's a personal... Like uh, okay, you know uh, it's on my shelf. It taught me everything that I wow. knew. You know, I, I'm I'm shocked that doesn't have a title because I can't. Does your detective novel have uh, a title? Oh yeah. What's the title? The Reluctant Eye. The Reluctant Eye. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, because yeah. it was. Uh, it's about a uh, a private investigator who, and once again, your first novel based on on you, and it was it's loosely based on me. That's right. Weren't you a uh, private investigator? That's right. Yeah. yeah, I know. Hansberry keeps wanting me to. Get that on the podcast, which I'm working on it. I'm working on it. We're gonna, yeah, because that he's, well, one of my former workers, coworkers, or contractors, whatever you want to call him, is in town. Two parter, two part. <laughs> <laughs> but it was called the Reluctant Eye because uh, he uh, was a private investigator who wanted to get into stand up. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Right, and this is in the, and it's set in the late '80s, early '90s, and uh, he's he's working as a stand up, but he's in the early phases of his career so he can't pay the rent just by doing stand-up so he still has to take cases so he reluctantly gets gets involved in 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 whatever the mysteries might be it was the original idea was a series of of books so it would kind of follow him as his career progressed in stand-up but he would still reluctantly get involved so i have a question for you sure so when it comes to writing do you feel that you have a handle on the craft of writing, of storytelling? Of- Absolutely not. No, 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 no. I'm I'm going in blind. So what do you? Where are you? I, I write fast and furious, and so, which is okay. I write fast and furious, and, and not worry about it. And I, I have to do it either in longhand or on the typewriter first. Okay, got yeah. it. If I do it, if I start something, if if it's something that means something to me, and I go right to the computer, I it, it feels uh, soulless. To me, I don't know. Sure, it, everybody's it, got their thing. Yeah, you know, I like the sound, and then I'll go to the computer, you know, and start 
inputting it and then start making the corrections and so forth and, and so on. And then why haven't you done anything with it? Because I don't I'm, like. I'm, I'm turning that. You know, uh, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. I don't. I don't. I, you, you, my my biggest problem with with uh, some mysteries that I read is when it uh, it all of a sudden it's great, 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 and all of a sudden it all just comes you know flying in in the last 15 pages yeah, sure right you know like okay they're wrapping it up too quickly and that's the problem with mine it right. wraps up to it you know no no i hate the ending actually i just finished a, a mystery um david morale do you know david morales yeah. yeah so um love his work but mm-hmm. one of one of one of his books was like that where i felt there were like there was like five pages where so many things happened that I was like this, you know. Everything else was a nice, steady, right. you know, telling, telling the story. I don't want to throw him under the bus because I love his work. Is but... somebody breathing down your neck to get it done? Right, I don't, right, I don't right, know. Right, what, right. I don't know. Nobody was breathing down my neck, or did I just get, you know? Oh, okay, I'm almost there. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we caught him. The end. Right, right. Yeah. So, so, <laughs> so this book, there, it's got like a little passage in there that I felt like, wait. You know, I've been with you this entire time. We've got a rhythm in the story, mm-hmm. and these five pages suddenly, like all of these things, boom, boom, just boom, boom. Yeah, yeah. That and also, I just you know, <clears throat> I look I look back on it and, it, and it, I start I look back when I started it and I look at the different revisions, and do you have that problem like, um, you can't stop revising? Oh yeah, you got to walk away from it. Nothing's ever done. You just got to step away from it. At some point, you got to say that okay. Yeah, then the, it's got, yeah. So there are there are things out there that um, you know, I still wince about. You know, I watch it, I sure. read it, I'm like, oh god, you know, that could have I could have handled that one better, but. Um, but I could revise, revise, change, revise, and also I have to understand that, you know, I might just get sick of reading it and feel like I got to change it mm-hmm. because I've read it two hundred times. But you reading it—that's the first time reading it. And it might be funny, but because I've read it two hundred times, I think it's stale. You know what I mean? So exactly. sometimes you just got to trust things and say it's good. Just leave it alone. You know, it's, it's a whole process that I'm still learning as an artist of. That's part of the craft of just learning when to revise, when to walk away, when it's good. I think that's a good thing. I think it's a good thing to have that in our brains that, you know, we can still learn. We can still improve. We can still get better. Oh, yeah. At, I, at yeah. what we do. Yeah. I mean, even though. like how I, we do it. Like, even though I do this, like, for a living, I still feel that I'm so, um, like, I, I, like, I snuck in through the side door. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm not really all that talented with it, and I'm, and I'm tricking everybody. And at a certain point, people are going to figure out that I'm not anything. Well, at some point, it may happen. You may be in that uber spotlight again with something. Will you be ready for it? Will you be ready to take your bow? I mean, you're big time, but you've taken some small bows on a, on a, on a, on a local level, and you went to Chicago, yeah. and you got to sign autographs. But say you did, you know, get that big yeah, on, th- on Broadway. Yeah, I think so. Because honestly, I feel like, you know, I've been Would it change you? No. No. No, no, no. Not a little bit. No, I don't think so. Because, <laughs> no, I don't know. Honestly, because when people, people will ask me to, to teach, like, a class. Uh-huh. Like, they'll be like, hey, why don't you come in and, like, teach kids or teach these college kids, whatever. And I honestly am like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I always have that, like, guys, I'm just kind of, not, not like, but... But then Tracy, my wife, will always say, you know more than you think. Than you think you do. You know? Yeah, yeah. And then, like, my daughter right now is taking, um, not a writing class, but she's part of, she's, she's like in a, um, I guess a writing class. 
And so at the Thurber House downtown. Yeah. And so that's where she is tonight. So she's writing and then submitting stuff and then they workshop it and all this stuff. And we started talking in the car. And I'm like, I, I have nothing to offer. And then I just talk for the next half hour about, well, story is blah, 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 you know, whatever. And then she's like, why don't you come and, like, you know, teach the class? I'm like, I don't know anything. She's like, you just talked for half an <laughs> you hour. Just a, you just did a, a 45-minute lecture. Seminar on this whole thing. And I'm like, okay, maybe I do know things, but, you know. But I don't think it's important. But then I realize, like, for younger people, like, or even older people, they just might not know, you know. And I, because I'm kind of in the trenches with all this stuff, I might know something. Or maybe, not, or maybe not. When we were getting ready for this podcast, um, uh, we were texting back and forth, and I'm going to close with this. Uh, sounds good. I'm looking for, this is you. Sounds good. I'm looking forward to it. And thanks for scraping the barrel and having me on as a guest. Anything I need to bring? And I wrote back, not scraping. I seized the moment. Uh, I told you when I saw you that uh, that's how life works. Okay, I'll bring my best anecdotes. You know, Dino, this reminds me of a funny story. And I said, uh, okay, and we'll cut those out later. <laughs> right. And then I wrote, seriously, though, you're a smart, talented, and well-spoken man. You'll be great. And, and you, what was my response to that? Um, you said, whatever, it's the glasses. It's the glasses. <laughs> <laughs> they make me look smart. Right. I don't need to bring anything. And I said, just you and your glasses. Right, right, right. <laughs> but you are, man. You are, you are all those things. In, in, in my uh, humble opinion, for whatever it's worth, I'm an, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an admirer. I'm a fan. I think you do great work. Thanks. I, I, I love seeing it in its various forms. I've seen it on, on, on film. Um, I did not get to see it on stage, but uh, I have the book. Right, yeah, I have the book. Right. Yeah, you were there. I was there. I have. I have. The, I am one of the few people that will actually read the play. Right, right, and it's great. And and thank you so much for being here, man. I hope you enjoyed yourself. I did. Yeah. Um, I told you. You said we won't have anything to talk about. We've spoken for an hour. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Right. Yeah. So your wife is right. You could teach class. <laughs> right. well, well, thanks for having me. I hope I didn't talk too much. No, there. man, you didn't talk. We could. We could. I could keep talking, but I get the high sign from Hansberry. Like, let's try to keep these under right, an hour. Right. Right. You right. Know? Right. You know, people's attention span is not as as large as you may think sometimes. Sure. Let me just say thank you to everybody who listens to Whiskey Business and and continue to write the comments, The and we appreciate that. If you get uh, Whiskey Business on iTunes, write a review. Tell us what you think. That helps. But we're uh, uh, starting to expand our... Our this footprint, is, if you will. This is earth, earth-shattering social media news. <laughs> yeah, we something that we should have done on day one. Whiskey business finally has an Instagram account. What? Yeah. What? We, we just started it yesterday of, of this taping. Whiskey business podcast. Follow us at Whiskey Business Podcast. Whiskey business podcast. But, but it's fun. Like, so we record majority of the shows in Dino's. I don't know what you call this layer. Uh, it would be the, it, the it, it, this, he calls it the upstairs bar. I call it the upstairs, bar. but the uh, den, the den, layer, uh, layer sounds like regardless, we're, like, like we're you know, he's got enough sort of bourbon <laughs> to stock, uh, you know, one of the finest uh, whiskey bars in town. I probably so could. Yes, we're going to not, not actually only, what this house needs is a liquor license, and then boom, <laughs> we're on to something here. Can you write us up something? <laughs> write us up a proposal there. Uh, but we're going to, uh, you know, throughout uh, the recordings of the shows, take pictures. But also, you can kind of take some pictures of, of what you have in your stock. And mm -hmm. just, and also I'll, just. I'll share more. I'll share yeah. more of my whiskey life. And, and your dribbles are funny, and it's, and you like to do that. So I like it to do that. The Dino-isms. Yes. Yeah. We're also on the book with the faces. 
Yes, the Facebook. <laughs> too. Follow us at Facebook. We're also on Facebook. Yeah, right? but also, yeah, subscribe to us there on iTunes or wherever you, you listen to <laughs> us and uh, and share. Share with your friends. Spread the uh, word. All right. My thanks again to uh, uh, Vitus Bars Dukas. That's right. There you go. I got it right. That's the, right. The, 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 what the fucking z in the middle of just to mess things up the guest bottle has been smooth amber's contradiction it's okay i don't know if it's worth the price point of 50 to 60 bucks a bottle but um you can check that out yourself it's smoother than 100 proof to me it yeah it's it, well it's, it's good it's, it's, it's smooth um i agree that it's smooth but i don't think it's worth the price no 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 so eh, you know if somebody gifts it to you by all means you'll enjoy it thank you greg hansberry as always Secret Agent Valet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <And> chop, chop. <laughs> and let me say what I always say uh, right around this point. Whiskey Business is a Never the Luck production. All the comments uh, and opinions are, are those of me, your, your host, and my sometimes reluctant and not so reluctant guests, and are never meant to offend, only to inform and entertain whenever possible. So, my friends, until the next bottle, see ya. with comic fandom comes a show to help us remember the talents that have inspired us. Whoa, 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 cut. Oh, come on. It wasn't that bad. It's a bit dramatic. Let's just tell them about the show, guys. We are the Canned Air Podcast. Join us weekly for a comedic trip through pop culture. We also welcome some cool comic creators as well as some of the voice and screen actors that help shape your childhood. Find us on cannedairpodcast.com and on the Evergreen Podcast Network.